Thank you for joining us this Sunday, um, for joining Sunday Morning Live this evening. 
that is SML inside the pages. Presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Today is October 14th, and this is Pastor Carl Henderson. God bless you. Certainly, we thank and praise God for his goodness. Thank God for his grace and for allowing each of us to rise today with a new opportunity. Uh, no matter what you may have dealt with today, when I don't know what, what you may have gone through, what you may be dealing with, you know, but uh, even thank God for the pain. You know, if you didn't have some pain, you wouldn't uh, know what where there was a problem at. You know, pain lets us know where there's a problem. And so it's all about how we look at certain things that will help ease uh, what we're going through or what we're dealing with. And so um, we thank God for it today. We thank God for each of you. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m. And Thursday's Acts of the Holy Ghost. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We are the church. Mm -hmm. Now, there's no question about it that the best way, the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. You know, we're uh, acts. We've been talking about acts of the Holy Ghost, and we, we started in the book of Luke and um, and then went to Luke's second epistle, which is the book, which is Acts. And this is going to take us to the end of the book of Jude. You know, Revelation has already been exhorted on Sunday mornings and by no means is it being exhausted. And so, you know, let's let's turn our attention to Acts uh, chapter 20. We'll start at the 17th verse. And I feel very relaxed this evening, very comfortable. And, well, not that I don't feel relaxed or comfortable any other evening, but, <laughs> but you know, um, thank God for, for getting some rest in. Now, I hope you've been reading the word of God or listening to the word of God. I've been doing both. I'm reading it and I'm listening to it because I want to know what God has to say. I want to know and understand what God is doing and how I can be part of it. You know, there was a song that says, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. And that is what I am asking the Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. I want to be part of God's will. And in order to be part of his will, you have to understand what his will is. And you need to understand what his, his character, you need to understand his character. And you're not going to get any of that without getting into his word, spending personal time in the word of God. You know, his word it is the only thing that does not change. You know, there there is a saying that uh, the only thing constant uh, is change. 
But that does not apply to God. The Bible tells us in Malachi 3 and 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. It is one of the, you know, the Bible itself is one of them sold worldwide. People have been persecuted for uh, carrying the Bible, for bringing the Bible into other countries. But it's also one of the less read books that benefits your natural life, natural, whether you're a student in school, um, you could be just a worker, you know, maybe you got your own business, whatever it is that you're doing, your natural life, if you follow the word of God, you will benefit. It covers every aspect, everything you could think of is covered in the word of God, that if we apply it, you know, those of you that are seeking to establish credit or have good credit, you know, or to build good credit, uh, there the Bible talks about credit. It says that uh, a good name is better than many riches. It, if you can't pay for it with cash, uh, certainly you don't want to put yourself in bondage by borrowing and see there is a balance and there's a way to do things that will bring your will establish your credit there's a lot of gimmicks out there that talk about how it, your credit score can be increased and stuff well how about if you just follow the principles that is that that has been provided there are universal there universal law throughout the scriptures that gives us the ability to be successful we have to apply it. And as well as our spiritual health, the word of God says, I, I would that, uh, that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. And so by paying attention to the word of God, me and my uh, grandson, LG, the uh, reverend, the right reverend LG, uh, he, he's just a great school. But, um, we were talking and I was, and he was, and I, I told him, I said, you know, God isn't everything. He wants us to do well in school. And, you know, and one of the most awesome prayers that uh, and he, he will pray for you. He'll pray for you. If you're sick, he'll pray for you. And, you know, he want to see you well. And we were about to eat him and I, and we were spending some, our, our, our man time together. And uh, as he was blessing the, the, the food uh, and thinking about our conversation, obviously from his prayer, he was thinking of our conversation that we had had earlier. And he said, Lord, bless this food. Let it be, and, you know, so it'd be used for our bodies and Lord bless our brains. You know, his way of saying, help us to think right? Help us to retain the information, help us to do better. And, um, you know, and we all could do better. We can do better. When you've done your best, do better. But we're in the word of God and we're talking about uh, his grace. His grace will build you up. This is coming from Acts, the 20th chapter 
it says, you know, the, the, the word or, or report of God's grace toward you and uh, toward me should do something more than tear you down. God is not interested in beating you down to a pulp. He's not interested. Uh, the word of God is not dogmatic. The word of God will set us and has set all of us straight. You know, it should, and, and his, God's intentions is to build you up, provide structure, stability, a sure foundation. The word of his grace, just the word, just even exhorting and talking about the grace of God builds, it restores, it heals, it establishes, it moves you into the right position with God. The 17th verse of that 20th chapter says, and from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all season, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. and with many tears and temptations, which befall me from the lying in wait of the Jews. You know, they, they wanted to, they, they had got together and made vows. They got together and sought to take Paul and to just really ruin this man, to kill him. And they didn't think that way when he was persecuting the church when he was going after those that, that preached Jesus and he thought, Paul thought they were teaching a heretic doctrine. And so he went after them and he was arresting them, had letters to go and arrest more when he was visited on the road of Damascus. And he heard the voice of the Lord and saw the, well, he couldn't see he, the, the light was so bright it blinded him and knocked him off his beast. And those that was around him uh, heard, they don't know what they heard. Some thought it was thundering in the middle of the day. And, you know, and it was a frightening experience. And Paul began to minister as the Lord dealt with him. Now, Paul, it, it, this, what happened, messed Paul up in, in a good way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It messed him up in a good way. You know, it disrupted his lifestyle. It disrupted everything that he knew and that he thought he knew. As we uh, allow ourselves to, to, and allow the word of God to his grace to uh, work in our lives, it will disrupt you. It will cause you to stop doing things. It will cause you to wonder even about things that you learned in church. Um, some of us uh, know some tradition that we have, that we followed for years. And then when we get in the word of God, we realize that that's all it was. It was a tradition of men. And some traditions are good. And there are others that you question and you say, you know what, I can do without that. One, it doesn't line up with the word of God. And so I don't have to follow that. I won't associate myself with those that follow that particular order. And so it will disrupt your life. 
Paul went down and uh, there was years where Paul had took some time to survey himself and all that he had been taught and all that he believed. And so he served the Lord with all humility of mind and with tears and temptation, uh, dealing with the stressfulness of what, uh, that his life was in danger. The Bible says that in the 20th verse, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed and have taught you publicly from house to house. Uh, you know, they didn't have a building. Um, they weren't going over to Cornerstone Apostolic Church over on uh, 524 East Pasadena Street. You know, uh, they weren't going over to Greater Grace and, you know, in the city of DeWarty or Abundant Grace or, you know, they were they were meeting house to house. They were meeting where they could. The synagogue was someplace, every place, there was not a synagogue in every place. It had to be, in order for a synagogue to exist, there had to be a certain number of men, so which excluded women. We won't go into that of how women uh, are in the church and how God has used them to bring about deliverance for their sons, their husbands, their grandsons, uh, children, children, how God has used women in so many ways and and he is still using them. Uh, matter of fact, there, there was a woman that carried the word of God. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, she did. And by her carrying the word of God, we have salvation because that was the vessel that God used, not a vessel to be worshiped, but a, a vessel to carry the word of God and to enter and, and, and because of her humility, she had found favor with God. So they're the house of God. They went from house to house. And some of these houses were the house of women. Some of these houses were, uh, remember Paul had went and he met a group of women that was that was meeting by the river and when they left that left that location uh, that sister I believe it was Lydia said um, if I found favor if I, you see me as a faithful person then come to my house and she treated him with hospitality the 21st verse says uh, testify both of the Jews and also of the Greeks repentance toward God. One of the most powerful messages that can be preached is repentance. Because without repentance, there is no remission of sin. Without repentance, we remain just as we were, as if we never knew God. We're enemies to God. We, we're his foe. We're fighting against him without repentance. In order to Say, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. You've got to repent of sin. In order to say, I'm a, uh, uh, you, everyone can claim what they want to claim. But without repentance, you're nothing. And you'll never be able to stand in the presence of God unrepentant. Paul preached to all that will listen. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit 
unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Uh, that he knows. He knows that what he has encountered in the past, and he's determined to go to Jerusalem. And, and as he has stated, I don't know what's going to happen next. Like you and I, we don't know what tomorrow holds. It's California time. It's 7.21 p.m. on this 14th day of October. And, and there are those of us that are making plans and have already uh, outlined an agenda for, uh, for uh, October 15th, whatever day you plan on getting up. Maybe your alarm is set like mine at 5.30, you know. But that's, remember, that's your plan. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what permission God has given to your enemy. Mm -hmm. Job didn't know that that uh, that the sons of God had come together, and and Lucifer was there, and the Lord asked him, "Have you considered my servant Job, uh, one that is shoot evil? Uh, he's faithful." And Lucifer, Satan. I said, well, you know, um, he's only acting that way because you are protecting him. You have blessed him. You have given him uh, uh, prosperity. Well, that prosperity, it, true, God had blessed him because he followed the principles of what God was saying and what the word of God. He, he did, he dis, Job disliked dishonesty. You should dislike dishonesty. Job did not like uh, any form of cheating or anything of that nature. Uh, Job was a, a man that was sincere with himself, his soul. And he, the Bible said that he, he made a covenant with himself. He made a vow with himself. And, and that was, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to look at another woman. I'm a married man. I'm not going to look at another woman. I'm, I'm, I got it going on already. Uh, my lady is at, and so, you know, we need to, uh, he didn't know that with his commitments and his faithfulness unto God, uh, his standards that he had, uh, that he had established and what he was practicing in his life one day at a time was going to be challenged. And so Paul is saying, I don't, I don't know what is going to, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. But one thing is that I'm going to Jerusalem, save that the Holy Ghost witness in every city saying that bond and afflictions abide me. Every place I've gone, I've been threatened. Every place I've gone, uh, I've been, I'm dealing with, with the fact that I may wind up in prison at any moment. All because I'm talking about grace. All because I am talking about Jesus Christ. And I'm making a lot of noise about it. People want to make a lot of noise about a lot of nothing. But I'm talking about there's no other, no better conversation. Now, I was listening, you know, people don't want to be reminded of things. People don't want to be told. Uh, and so uh, these people felt uh, the Jews because in order to, to deal with Christ, they had to deal with a certain reality themselves. And that was an innocent man 
was crucified. Uh, he was brought into a court that was illegal and judgment was passed upon him. And he did not open his mouth. He didn't say anything, but he was humbled himself uh, for the, the Bible said for the joy that was set before him. And, and so, because he saw many sons, he saw you, he saw me, he saw those that would submit themselves unto his will. And so Paul said, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me, things that's going to happen, save that the Holy Ghost witnessed in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of those things move me. I'm not concerned about, about that. Neither count my life dear unto myself. We've got to live in such a way that things I don't even want to, I'm not even going to touch the, the fact that Paul said my life. Let's talk about the things. Because see, people fall apart over things. People fall apart over things. Emphasizing things and, you know, things cover whatever you think of. Things, things, whether it's made out of metal, whether it's made out of plastic made out of paper, made out of whatever, things. People fall apart over things. People can even be unforgiving over things. And, and so Paul said, I, I'm, I don't count. He's not counting things. He's not counting uh, none of those things that he's heard, the things about being taken captive or anything like that is moving him. And he said, I don't. Neither count I my life unto myself. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not dealing with things. And when I look at my life, my life itself, just me as a person. My life is precious. But my life, um, compared to the gospel of Christ, compared to to the sacrifice that I need to make for the saving of souls is nothing. You know, I was, uh, I was, some pastors, they, I may not say this again, but I'll say it this time. Um, they are, uh, said that they want to appreciate and show their love toward me and for the commitments and things that I've done Um and I see things as the fact that this is my reasonable service. I'm supposed to do what I'm doing. And I've never looked for anything of a reward because to me, it is an honor and it is a privilege to minister the word of God. It is an honor. It is a privilege to talk about Christ on through the airwaves. It is the privilege uh, 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 to talk about Christ and uh, to whomever to preach the gospel over the podium on the corner, uh, walking down the street, introducing myself to someone and just and inviting them to church. It is a privilege. It is not something that 
is sought after for any other recognition except the fact that it is to bless the Lord. And so this is what Paul is saying. He said, I, I don't count my life. I don't count, you know, anything that I do, I'm doing it for Christ. He said, so that I might finish my course with joy. You know, I believe I'd say that some of us, is, this race is a, uh, this, this life is a marathon for some, and it is a sprint in other areas. And so that I might finish this course with joy. That's what I'm looking to do, uh, just as you are. You want to finish, you want to come to an end with joy. And the ministry, which I have received of the Lord to testify the gospel of the grace of God. What is the grace of God? Someone said grace, mercy is unmerited favor of God. Grace. Grace is that uh, where God gives you what you need, even when you do not deserve it. When you didn't do anything right. Everything you did, like me, was wrong. And God gave you grace. He gave you space. He gave you time to get it right. Not, not that you were going to get it right of your own behavior. You know, I, I remember uh, as a young man, I'm, st I'm still a young man, but I, I remember as a younger uh, young man, and, and nope, nope, we're not disputing that. As a younger young man, there was times that I said, I'm not going to smoke this anymore. Now, I never smoked cigarettes. I was never into cigarettes. But I was into other stuff. And I was uh, not only uh, using it, but selling it. And I said, there was times that I said, I'm going to stop this. I, I flushed a whole lot of stuff away, uh, only to go out and buy more. And, you know, thank God I, I, I look at the grace of God and uh, others may not be able to say it, but I know that, that I could have got popped and I would have did some serious time. I, I remember driving on the, on the, um, the, the Harbor Freeway going north into Pasadena. And I'm telling you, um, you know, ignorance will have you blind. And a patrol car, not a patrol car, a regular unmarked vehicle is behind me. And then I saw him light up. Well, that could have been the end of me for many, 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 many years because of what I had in the trunk. And because of what I was also enjoying as I was driving. Well, I wind up eating it, which made me very sick. But the officer also turned and exited the freeway. It didn't have to happen that way. But I'll say it was just the grace of God in so many ways that I didn't suffer some of the things. As a matter of fact, there are many people that have gotten away with certain things that under other circumstances they would not. And there are those that didn't. Sometimes you need to look at what you did get away with and don't take another chance in doing that. You know, my life turned around. Uh, I actually um, 
went through uh, and made uh, some life-changing decisions. You need to make life-changing decisions. And it's something that we do every day. The gospel of the grace of God, of what God has done and what he is willing to do for each of us. Paul goes on to say, and now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Now, Paul is anticipating that when he leaves heading to Jerusalem, he don't know what's going to happen. And you might not see me. He's giving you his uh, his his last words. And that's why he called all the elders together. Uh, you know, he got everybody together and to let them know, I don't know. You may not see my face. You may not hear from me ever again because I don't know because what has happened. We all know that if you live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. So he says, wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. I don't know if every preacher can say that. Every minister, evangelist bishop, whomever, whatever title they may have, or just at you as an individual. Can you say I'm pure from the blood of all men? I've not held back anything. I don't have any blood on my hands because I refuse to, you know, there are certain people, ministers. If you don't have the honorarium, they're not coming to your church. If you don't have enough people, you know, if you if you only have 10, if you only have 100, if you only have, they're not coming, you not, it's not enough. It's not enough. And so uh, they hold back what God had freely given them for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I am pure from the blood of all men. I'm not holding anything back. Pastor Carl is not holding anything back. I have that testimony and I'm going to maintain that. I'm not holding anything back from anyone. The gospel is to be shared, to build up, to establish, to let people know that God loved them no matter what. No matter how we have to say it. You know, uh, Peter said, the Bible said, um, as Luke gave the account of Peter preaching the word on Pentecost, uh, he said, and with many other words, did he tell the people to save yourself? Whatever it takes. I won't share certain testimonies with everyone, but I'll share it with some. Whatever it takes is going to help them realize that when you hit rock bottom, when you thought it was over, when you felt it was unforgivable. God was still there. People need to know that is that's not the end. How many people do you know that think that it's over. God don't want them. God, 
God can't save me. You know, maybe you even invited them to church and when they went, uh, that they may have visited and, and they may have even said, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. And then uh, a few days later, it was back into what they were doing. They have to understand and you have to let them know that uh, the grace of God covers even that moment. They're not as strong and won't be. People look at others in services and think that, wow, you know, they've been <laughs> excuse me for laughing, but none of us have been where we are all of our lives. It took the grace of God to get us where we are even in this moment. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. But wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. I'm going to give you everything that I have, everything that I know. I'm going to unload all my guns, not at one moment, but over time, I'm going to make sure I dish out. I'm going to pour out. I'm pouring myself out. That's what Paul did. He poured himself out for the people of God. And he gives this stern warning to the elders. He said, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which God, over which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Pastors. Pastors are overseers. Make sure you feed the church of God. The church doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to me. We're just administrators. God purchased it. He purchased it with his own blood. He said, for, no, for I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter among you, not sparing the flock. It, that happens often. The pastor may, uh, the Lord may call the pastor home. And there are those that would want to take over the assembly. And they really have no intention of doing good. They just want to take over and uh, a display of flesh, glory in themselves and look at me and, you know, and, and all of that instead of feeding the flock of God, which is the most important thing that God has called us to do. Remember the Lord uh, said, uh, told Peter, he said, do you love me? And Peter's like, yeah, you, I love you. And the Lord's like, no, do you love me? And Peter's like, uh, he was getting irritated because God kept asking, do you love me? And Peter, you know, I love you. And the Lord said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And that's what we're to do. We're to feed the flock of God, not for money, not for fame, not for anything except that it is the will of God. Also of your own self shall man arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. See, you have those, uh, I've heard of, of people that say they're in the ministry going and wrecking other churches, wreck other churches to walk away to a few folks to follow them. No, we, 
you're supposed to minister it, there with all the people that are in this world. Why would you go to a church to draw people out of that church so that you can establish something? We're to encourage those that have gathered together to support the ministry where they are already at. Help it be the best that it can be. Not follow you. Support your church. Don't let nobody walk into your church and draw you away. God will let you know when it's time for you to make a change, but make sure it is of God that is saying it's time to make a change. And so listen, listen. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years. I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. You know, the preaching of the gospel is emotional. At least I know it is for me. And I know it is for the other fellowship ministers that I am associated with. Because you pour out of yourself what God has given you. And it's impossible not to preach the gospel without it affecting your emotions, without affecting your spirit, without you being right, unless you're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite and then it doesn't impact you. If you're a, 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 a minister for hire, I'm just going to say call you a gun for hire because you're not real. You're doing more damage than you are good. And so if you real is going to affect you and you will labor night and day. Yes, you do. Ministers don't sleep all, all night because they are thinking, because they are praying and, and sometimes have to pray and wait for God to give rest because of, because of being a, uh, a mediator. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. What can build you up? The word of his grace can build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I feel like dancing right now. Build you up and give you an inheritance among all the, that's what, we, that's the end game. That's what we're all striving for is to be among them that are sanctified, the saints. He said, I have covenant no man silver, gold or apparel. I have not sought after anything. I haven't gone after money. I haven't gone after jewelry. I haven't asked you for clothes. I haven't asked you to buy me a car or nothing like that. You know, some of us, we buy our own things. And, you know, um, we work with our own hands. Paul worked with his own hands to, to establish what he had. And God bless you. That's what your uh, other ministers that are doing the same. Laboring themselves with the skill that they have. No desire to have anything from the people. God bless you if you bless. However, that is not the motivating uh, the gospel, the grace, the word of God. What Jesus has done in your life is the greatest motivation, should be the, 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 the only motivation in your life. 
And that is the fact that you will uh, be given an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Yea, ye know, yourselves know that uh, this, these hands have ministered unto my necessities. I, in other words, I've worked for myself and to them that were with me. Paul worked, you remember earlier, but Paul worked with Aquila and Priscilla uh, because they were tent makers. He said, I've showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Saints and friends look for opportunities. You know, when you buy yourself lunch and you see someone else sitting there, uh, ask them uh, would they like something you know I found out that <laughs> you, you you may have to ask sometime because the, you can go and buy something for someone and, and bring it out and they and they may not have had a need for what you bought them but ask them um you know statistically speaking they say that socks are some of the are one of the things that are most covenant by people that are in need. Keep their feet warm, you know, shoes. And I'm sure you probably could think of a number of things in your own area, you know, but let's be conscious of those that don't have, those that are in need and be a blessing to them and keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them, which is what we're about to do. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should not see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. And Paul said that you may not see and didn't have any certainty. He was just letting him know, I don't know what's waiting for me. I don't know. But this one thing that I do know is that I've labored among you. I've given you the word of God without any hesitation so that you would know and understand and benefit from the grace that has been given the grace that is able, the word of grace that is able to build you up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your word this evening. We bless your name, Savior, for this exhortation. Lord God, and we are seeking to do your will. We are seeking to do better and to present your grace to those that have not heard it. And Lord God, to exhort and to present your word and, and grace to those that have. Lord, we pray and ask that you would bless each one of the listeners, those that are listening now, those that will be listening later. Lord God, I ask that you would bless them. Lord God, that they be built up in your grace by your word. Establish, Lord God, in righteousness. Establish, Lord God, in your holiness, Lord Jesus. To, Lord God, as we seek to be more like you, Lord God, to present our bodies as living sacrifices and holy and acceptable unto you, Lord God, and that we should be uh, as willing and as yielding ourselves unto others for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, Lord God, till we all come into the statue of the man Christ Jesus as your word has spoken and has exhorted us. 
Lord God, I pray and ask that you would continue to watch over and keep us. Lord God, help us, Lord. Help us to do your will. Help us, Lord God, all to live saved. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God, Lord, help us to pour ourselves out, to empty these vessels, Lord God. We have this treasure in these earthen vessels. Lord God, help us to pour out. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to be empty, Lord God, so that you can fill us back up. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. I hope to see you in service with us. Hope to see you caught up as well. Be blessed in the Lord. Remember the, the songs are the, the property of the songsters, the artists, and uh, the producers, respectively. And let's please remember me in prayer as I am praying for you. God bless you. Thank mm -hmm. you.